Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast. We're your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey everybody. We are really excited because on this episode, a little bit later on, we have a very special guest, our dear friend and Seattle sports fan legend, the PNW Broccoli guy, Jim Stewart Allen. I am so excited that he's going to be here, Michaela. Yeah, and he's going to be talking to us about his 18-inning broccoli dance-a-thon oh in the Mariners Game 3 of the ALDS um, game against the Astros that happened this last weekend. Mm-hmm. He's going to kind of talk to us about you know the rally shoe and mm-hmm. eating his broccoli throughout that game and how he maintained his energy for like eight hours straight yeah yeah just amazing and you know maybe a few hidden talents or some fun facts might show up you never know so i'm super excited about that yeah but before we can get to the broccoli guy we do have to take us on over to the showdown lowdown where we can provide you with our seattle sports news and updates coming up next it. it is time for the showdown lowdown the showdown lowdown that was a different one. I don't never know. heard I was, that one. Before. I, was tr- I was trying to come up with something different. Okay. So this is where we talk about our Seattle sports news and update. True. We're going to kick it off with the Seattle Mariners. Now yep. it was a, yep. a totally historic season. Amazing. And it has come to an end it after has. this weekend there, they fell to the Astros mm-hmm. and the L- ALDS. Mm-hmm. But let me just, I just want to highlight how great watching this season was mm-hmm. from the acquisitions, the trades at the deadline, a 14 game winning streak heading into the all-star break. Crazy. Julio Rodriguez is in the all-star game with that home run derby show out. Yeah. Yeah. So the rise of him, mm-hmm. Cal Raleigh's walk-off home run to end the 21 year playoff drought. It's amazing. And I'm just going to say that no one, the fans, this ball club, no one's going to forget the 2022 Seattle Mariners season. It's impossible. You can't do it. This team had no quit. Mm -hmm. And it was clear that they were ready to go to the playoffs. They took the AL wild card series in the first two games against the Blue Jays. And ultimately, honestly... They left everything they had on that field in that final game three of the ALDS they did. against Astros. They left everything they had, all of that heart, that that brotherhood, that friendship. Yep. Everything was left on the field. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that final game with the Broccoli guy in our special guest segment, what he experienced, what he saw. Yeah. And just some magic that happened for the Mariners this season. So stay tuned for that. Well, and before, you know, before we get to that, let's let's go over to the Kraken and talk about them. So the Kraken has started off the regular season with a little bit of a roller coaster vibe. So the, the starting the preseason, they had four out of six wins for the preseason. And now the Kraken aren't really showing that same streak with a record of one win and three losses. And one of those losses was in overtime. And so hockey they kind of tally those things differently. So they're one, two, and one, but one of those losses is an overtime loss, not a tie. So there are some positives happening though. We've been able to see that the power play is looking much improved this year over last year. Um, The Kraken are using 
you know, that time that they have to their advantage and they're utilizing special teams to become a stronger component for the offense. And according to Bob Condor, the Kraken are actually in the top 10 with six goals so far during power plays. And they are also in the bottom five of penalty kill percentage with just under 60%. And so that relates to the ability of the Kraken to not allow a goal to be scored on them when they're down a player who's in the penalty box. So it's basically like during the other team's power play, they're kind of preventing goals from, from happening. Yeah. Um, another positive thing that we're seeing is that some of those new team members are doing really well at helping out the team. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Andre Burkowski, Justin Schultz, as well as having Maddie Beniers for the start of the season this year have all been really impactful and, and making a big difference so far. So that's been great to see. Um, Interestingly enough, we haven't really seen much of Shane Wright yet. So our newest draft pick has not actually had a whole lot of ice time in these games. And some folks are starting to wonder why. And Dave Haxel said that Wright fully earned his place in the 23-man roster, but he has currently just over 13 minutes of time on the ice across two games hmm. in the opener against the Anaheim Ducks and then in the Carolina Hurricanes. So a little over six minutes in each one. Um, almost seven in the in the in that Hurricanes game, and he was actually a healthy scratch in Game Two and Game Three, and so there's concerns from some fans that at just 18 years old, if he isn't actually getting the minutes, it could be detrimental to his overall development, and that he might actually do better being at a lower club level to get more reps and time and become more of a dominant player. So he's on the roster for Wednesday's match against the St. Louis Blues here in Seattle. It remains to be seen how he'll be utilized more with the Kraken because he's currently right now on on the fourth line. Um, after Wednesday, the Kraken are on the road for two games, the 21st at the Colorado Avalanche and then the 24th at the Chicago Blackhawks before coming back to Seattle for three other games. Well, thank you for that update on the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Let's move over to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, All we're right. not going to have a Hawkeye analysis, but there are things that I want to highlight from this week's game against the Arizona Cardinals, who's a division rival for us. We did win with a score of 19 to nine. We did. And uh, our defense showed up. So I want to highlight first rookie cornerback Tariq yeah. Wollen, who won the NFC defensive player of the week yes. this week. And well deserved a hundred percent in week six, which was this week, he recorded his fourth interception over the course of the last four weeks. So yeah. he recorded an interception in each of those weeks. Yeah. Um, he's, he's one of the top leaders or if not the top leader in the league with interceptions, mm -hmm. that's incredible. He also recorded five tackles in this game and a fumble recovery from Kobe Bryant's force fumble, mm -hmm. which speaking of fellow rookie, yep. Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. he's currently leading the league in force fumbles with four on the season yep. through six games. Mm -hmm. And in Sunday's game, he had 37 coverage snaps he allowed three receptions on seven attempts. Get this. He had negative one yard allowed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> negative one. Like, you didn't get any forward progress. He also had that forced fumble yeah. that Tariq Woolen recovered. Yep. And a pass breakup. It's he could have he could have been he awarded the NFC defensive player of the week. I, so yeah. these are two rookies mm -hmm. that we selected in round five. Sure of the draft this year. Yep. And they're both showing out. And they're they're getting job. they're getting better each week. And I've noticed this. They're getting better each week. And what did Doug Baldwin tell us? 
by week seven, you got to know what you're doing. What's coming up this weekend? It's week seven. It's week seven. It's here. And they're they, getting they're They must have heard Doug on our pod. They must listen. They listen. <laughs> so the defense only allowed three points from the Cardinals offense. Yeah. And the Cardinals lone touchdown was off of a special teams mishap in the end zone that they created a fumble on Michael Dixon on a punt. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird situation. It was a weird situation. And then there's that. But the defense, they looked better. They they let them loose, I guess, is something that some of the players were saying that they didn't. The way that the Seahawks defense was approaching it the weeks leading yeah. up, they were needing to make reads and and do things a little different versus just being aggressive and, you know, blitzing the gaps. And yeah just going for it and i think that this method of whatever they quote let them loose yeah is working it's a fast team let them just let's Mm -hmm. let them be aggressive let them Mm -hmm. go to the ball if they're fast and they can get there they'll be just fine yep um again with the rookies the rookies in week six it was a thing impressed everybody so a thing the bright spot on the offense this week because it was a little bit of a struggle compared to the weeks leading up in terms of it's, the passing game. It's true. It's true. Which is surprising. But Ken Walker the third, our running back, rookie we selected in the second round. Mm-hmm. He balled out in his first start of the season as RB1, yeah. taking place of, unfortunately, Rashad Penny's out for the season again. Yeah. And I, that's so sad. But but Ken Walker the third is his time to step he up. He stepped up. Yep. And he recorded 100 and t- 110 total yards, mm-hmm. a touchdown. Yeah. He f- he forced 12 missed tackles, that- which led the NFL in week six. <laughs> That's amazing. And had 73 yards after contact. Yeah. Just- he had that moment where I honestly thought he was about to have a beast mode, Marshawn Lynch, running through everybody yep. and get a touchdown. I really thought in that run that he had. Yeah. How many guys slid off of him? He is I, so elusive and he's he's physical because he's able mm-hmm. to run through that, but he's also making guys miss. Yeah. Well, they showed that replay and I was like so confused about how he didn't fall over at one point. I was just like, I don't know how he's still physically moving forward, but yeah, he was. So just wanted to highlight those, those spots. Um, we are looking forward to this next Sunday where we will be taking on the Los Angeles chargers on Sunday at yeah. SoFi stadium. For a 1.25 p.m. kickoff. And, uh, you know, I just want to see if our offense and defense can get rolling at the same time. Because if they do, this team is playoff caliber. Like, people should. They're doing some really good things. Be scared. Yeah. They have the talent there. They just need to all get on the same page. And I think this defense is starting to get there. Uh Their communication. uh, Bruce Irvin was talking about it. They had picked Bruce back up the other week. He was on the practice squad. He wasn't playing this week. But I think we'll see him next in the game against the chargers. Okay. He had noticed, he said that I think the biggest issue is communication on defense. I think that's a mm. huge breakdown. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring a veteran player in who yeah. can play the middle as a linebacker, come off the edge. Yeah. When you have that experience mm-hmm. and that talent there, I think it's going to make the communication better. If he can identify some of those weak spots, he can help elevate it for mm-hmm. these young guys who are quick and off the ball and that can make plays. So, that makes sense. That is the Seattle Seahawks for this week. Well, and, you know, since the Seahawks are going to be out of town, you know who's going to be in town is the OL Reign. Is, they're playing their semifinal playoff match on Sunday, October 23rd at Lumen Field. It's at 430. Um, show up. I've From what I've heard, it's already like 
Um, they've, they've, already, more seats. they've already opened more seats because they already kind of sold out of what they thought they would sell. So now they've opened up more seats. I know that um, Broccoli Guy is also going to be there for that for that match. So that'll be pretty cool. And uh, just honestly, just to show up and support our women athletes in Seattle, our professional women um, athletes, and just, just it's just going to be great. So if you can go, totally go. And uh, I think we might look into tickets potentially. We're going to see if we can make it. We've got some stuff this weekend, so we're not quite sure timing wise if it'll but work. But if we can, but if we can make we'll it, we'll be there. We will be there. So hopefully things work out. And speaking of Broccoli Guy, he's going to be coming up in the next segment as our very special guest this week. Stay tuned. We are so excited to welcome as our very special guest for this episode, um, a good friend of ours, one of, I think, my favorite people I've ever met through sports, and just an all-around fun time, uh, Broccoli Guy, also known as Jim Stewart Allen. So welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown, Broccoli Guy. <laughs> I am absolutely honored to be here. I've I was nervous all day for this, so it's really cool. Oh I gosh. think now that we're finally recording, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if if anybody out there just has been maybe living under a rock and doesn't know who Broccoli Guy is, <laughs> let me just try to paint this picture for you that when you go to a sporting event, you may happen to see off somewhere kind of in the bleachers or off to the side or something like that. An amazing human being, possibly dressed like a solo cup in some sort of amazing romper, holding broccoli, dancing his heart out and just bringing joy and positivity to the whole entire place. So that is like such a good that time. That encapsulates you, Jim. Isn't it weirdly like, simple like that, though? It's just like, <laughs> if you see a guy dancing with broccoli at a sporting event, there that's the guy. <laughs> it's most likely him. It's most likely him. Or maybe oh, a knockoff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're inspiring yeah. people. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, try to, I try to spread positive energy when I do it. So that's good to hear. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show. And one of our first questions we always love to ask our guests is, what is your favorite thing about living in the Pacific Northwest? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know what? Uh, I did I did outdoor education for a while at Camp Seymour. Uh, mm -hmm. And I the, one of the reasons I really liked it is because uh, the scenery and just the ecosystems around here, the... Uh, yeah. I mean that we lived near an estuary at Camp Seymour, so I got to teach kids about uh, the different sea life that lives in that estuary, and I got really into Bill Nye, the science guy, which is, yes. uh, he's a Pacific yes. Northwest guy, um, mm -hmm. so I would have to say just the scenery and um, yeah. kind of the weirdness of it all. I think people in the Pacific Northwest have this cool kind of weird vibe to them. Um, yeah. We're kind of out there in the distance um, in a different <laughs> time zone, in a different land. Um, and so we got to kind of th make things work a little differently down here. So I like yeah. that vibe uh, and I'm proud to be a part of it. So, yeah, hopefully That's that answers the question. I that's wonderful. Yeah, um, and yeah, way, way fun fact, way back in the day when I went to sixth grade camp at Camp Seymour, I'm surprised it even existed that long ago. Um, I, that was where I saw my very first banana slug. 
Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, I, I lived. I, I lived elsewhere. I lived elsewhere prior to sixth grade, and so coming here, sixth grade camp, I was like, oh my gosh, a banana slug. I had never even. Yeah. So I have lots of fun memories from Camp Seymour myself. Heck, well, so. Yes. No, I yeah. love slugs. I love <laughs> invertebrates in general. Um, yeah. I'm fine with mammals. Mammals are yeah. fine, but sure. I really like invertebrates. There are <laughs> some really cool ones out there. Slugs being one of them. True. Gotta Very love true. the gastropods. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love this conversation yes. already. Yes. We're just getting started. Yeah. Okay, if we have time no. later, we can talk about like my hermit crab. It's fine. Like we can move on though. Um, oh, there. Yes. I'm into yes. it. Absolutely. <laughs> So outside of being like, obviously an incredibly great broccoli dancer. Yeah. What is another hidden <laughs> talent or hobby that you have that you enjoy so much? Yeah. So, you know, uh, and I haven't done it in a year. I've just been so focused on broccoli dancing. Um, mm -hmm. But I've actually done stand up comedy uh, since 2006. Wow, uh, I started yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, and so it's actually kind of funny because sometimes I'll get hecklers during games who like just don't like broccoli or whatever. And I always have a really easy time kind of like landing the plane with those folks and, and yeah. smoothing that over a little bit. Um, but a lot of people don't know that, I, that I've done stand up for what, like 13, 14 yeah, years. So yeah, I'm yeah. really good with hecklers and I, <laughs> I can make quite a few things work in that realm as the game's going on. So um, a lot of the, the showbiz aspect of what I do, and I have a lot of teaching aspect towards what I do with broccoli dancing. And then mm -hmm. there's a lot of show business uh, aspect. And that comes from doing stand-up comedy and being in that world for as long as I have. And I haven't done it in a while again, but um, that's part of who I am is I'm a stand-up comedian. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so and I'm pretty proud of that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, stand-up comedy. Roller skating is the other thing. And I haven't done that Ooh. in a while either. But... Uh, one of the reasons I, I would get featured on the Jumbotron from time to time uh, before I started roller skating. But after I started roller skating, my dance moves got really good. And that's when I started oh, yeah. like starting to get on TV and stuff like that. So roller skating mm -hmm. uh, and stand up comedy. Those are my Let's two. Go. That's super cool. Those are those are great. And, you know, I'm. I'm kind of envisioning some sort of like event where you are roller skating with broccoli and telling jokes. I think that's, that that could you know be what? like that's the trifecta. dream, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, when, and I haven't, again, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, when I go, I usually wear my romper. So there, there's people that are like, are you the, are you're the, yeah, you're the guy. You're the guy. There's no way there's a dude with a solo cup romper dancing the way you're dancing on roller skates. Cause the roller skating is important to dancing. That's what got my footwork matched mm -hmm. up. Like a lot of these like um, uh, epiphanies in my head of uh, how to move my body kind of started when I started uh, uh, roller skating and, and using my legs uh, to work with my body to move in, in certain ways. So uh, that was that. a really big thing for me to start doing that. Um, but oh my gosh, I would love to do some like giant, like 
roller skate dance mm -hmm. broccoli guy event, like some charity <laughs> or something. Oh, and like a charity um, event would oh, be really awesome. That would be so yeah. much fun, you know? And I mean, I think, and fun is just like a great word to describe you in general, I think. And, um, you know, one thing that we really love, um, and you have it on your social media profiles is that in your bio, it talks about, you know, sparkly masculinity. And we would just, we would love for you to share why it's important for people to just embrace who they are and just try to share it with the world. Yeah. Th thank you for asking that. It's an interesting phrase I came up on. I uh, I have a friend who uh, describes me, has always described me as sparkly. Um, yeah. Whenever I would, sometimes I would like tell her like, oh my gosh, I had this great day uh, substitute teaching kindergarten because I'm a substitute teacher as well. Um, mm -hmm. And like, oh, these kids like really like me. And she would say like, yeah, well, you're a sparkly man and they don't see much of that. And so that draws people to you. And so that's kind of where I came up with the sparkly masculinity thing. And it's just kind of a way of expressing yourself as a man in a different way, right? Like Heck, I, yeah. and it's a yeah. great way, but um, it's not a way people normally, men normally express themselves and mm -hmm. it's cool. I get to do it. It's cool. I, I get spotlighted sometimes even just to be there dancing with broccoli. Cause, um, <laughs> it shows people like, Oh, this is, this is a way you can do this, right? This is a way you can mm -hmm. express yourself. I think that's super important. Um, yeah. So I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We appreciate uh, I you think I explain, that. There will probably probably be more explanation to that. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with sparkly masculinity, but per, specifically in uh, in sports, I think it's really important. I think there's a lot of yeah. like uh, really intense emotions in sports, mm. um, and obviously, I'm kind of there. There's some intensity in what I do, although I am chill oh, yeah. when I do <laughs> it. But I think it kind of like helps soften it like I think people look at me and go okay this is a game we are having fun as well although yeah. we do really want our team to win and I have respect for those types of fans too there, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to be a great uh sports fan um yeah. and I think the people that really want the team to win I think those are important people to have as well as people like me that are like I want the team to win, but man, let's have a good time too. Let, let's, yes. let's remember to have fun while we do this. That's, um, that's I the think, person Kate is too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, think, I, uh, I might be on the winning side of things. I'm just like, let's yeah, just all get along and have a good time. Like, and I'm like, totally. I want you to win. <laughs> totally. And that's um, what, when I dance like during playoff games, that's mm -hmm. where it gets really intense because a lot of the time during the regular season, it's like, I want them to win, but it's like, eh, you know, uh, especially with baseball, it's pretty chill. I mean, you obviously yeah. don't want them to lose like seven times in a row, but like, um, it's just such a slow kind of building process with baseball. Um, mm -hmm. So when they did, when they were close to getting into the playoffs and when they were in the playoffs, that was really intense for me because I was dancing up there with broccoli like oh man like i really <laughs> want him to win right now too um so yeah because <laughs> like, like, yeah 
Um, you'll see broccoli guy get like a little bit salty, like, oh, come on. And I'll usually, I, I won't ever say that out loud. I'll, I'll usually say it into my broccoli, be like, Jeez, guys, come on. It's like your microphone. <laughs> yeah. Hoping they hear you. I so, mean, sometimes broccoli needs a little salt. You know what I mean? That's, oh, it's true. There you go. I mean, yeah, it's true season. for me. Add some seasoning. It's, it's true fine. for me. It's uh, Broccoli um, needs a little salt. And I do. I have started eating my broccoli during the game. I didn't used to do that. I would eat it afterwards. Uh, but there was that dang 16-inning uh, playoff game, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, oh, we're about to get guys, in. <laughs> these guys in my section got convinced that the only way this game would end is if I ate all of my broccoli. Uh, and so I did. I ate it within like two innings. They were actually really impressed because I do eat broccoli and I eat it raw and I'm used to eating it raw and I enjoy eating it raw. And so they kind of, they were like, you better eat your broccoli. And I was like, okay, get, can, can yeah, someone go down and just hold on. Right, I will. Yeah. Uh, so let's, so let's gotta, talk about uh, that game. I, what's that? Let's, let's talk about that game. Yeah. So yeah, 18 and let's innings. Do it. 18 innings. You, that's two baseball games. Two for the price <laughs> of one. Two for the price games. of one. The rally shoe, <laughs> the broccoli, the dancing, pure exhaustion, yeah. I'm sure, on your part. That was... That was, the amount of time you put when you were there it was a first playoff game in 21 years for the Seattle Mariners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you please just like paint a yeah, picture for was, our uh, listeners of what your experience was? Not only the yeah. atmosphere at T-Mobile, but like how do you broccoli dance for 18 innings? That's a long time. Yeah. So it's tough, right? Because baseball is one of those things because I do, I do this for uh, pretty much every sport. Um, and baseball is one of those games where you don't know when it's going to end. And mm -hmm. uh, this is a great example of that. It's like, usually you're there for four and a half hours, right? The, the game, uh, the, the stadium opens an hour and a half early. You get there. And that's actually one of the most important parts of what I do is I get there right when the stadium opens. Uh, I go right up to the, my bleacher seats and I start going to town. They play music beforehand. That's really right. important for me. Um, to show that side of me, uh, and to get, to, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to, to know that people can like look up at me before the game starts and, and go, Oh, he's going like, he's going for mm -hmm. it. Cameras aren't even on the, the, the crowd yet. And that's, uh, another important thing of what I do. If I get spotlighted, that's great, but, um, I'm just there to do it. I'm, I'm honored to just be there, be allowed to do my thing, no matter how many appearances I get. That's that's something I kind of yeah. learned this season with the Mariners. Uh, and we can maybe go into that a little later. But um, I get there. Th this game started two and a half hours. They opened the gates two and a half yeah. hours early. So I was yeah. there two and a half hours yeah. early. Uh, <laughs> dancing pretty much the whole time. Uh, I have to dance as much as possible. Um, because the, the crowd kind of gets it. You know, people can... Uh, look off from afar and see me and go, okay, the broccoli guy's <laughs> here, he's dancing. Uh, yeah. And then some of the camera people, because the, the, the stadium is so empty that camera people will usually like look up and be like, okay, he's an option. If we mm -hmm. need some dude dancing with broccoli on TBS That's our guy. at some yeah. point, <laughs> this dude's going to be here. And if we put the camera on him, he's going to be doing something. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. True. Um. So 
two and a half hours early, did that whole thing. Once that's over, that's like one of the main parts again is once I'm done with that, it's like, okay, I did that. That's a chunk of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the game starts. And during the game, uh, I try to dance uh, during as long as there's no action going on. Right. I try to be really respectful of that. Uh, uh, I'm only dancing when uh, there's a lull in the action, when nothing's going on. But when there's a song playing and with baseball, that's hard because there's yeah. so many songs. There's walk up songs. There's the change in the picture. There's in between mm -hmm. innings. And then one of the hardest ones is you got all those jingles in between. You got the. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all of them now. There's like the Adams yeah. family one. There's yeah. The yeah. Shawkers, yeah. There's the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to be there for all of those. And so. Sometimes I'll be on my phone, like trying to update my Twitter, and it'll just go into that. I'm like, dang it, come on. Great <laughs> yeah. Um, but I gotta do all of that, and I gotta do all of that for however long the game lasts. Mm -hmm. And so for that <laughs> ALDS game, that was six hours and twenty-two minutes. It's a long combined time. with the two and a half hours before, where that's just straight oh dancing, right? The the game is you get a little that's bit. That's a full day of work between. there. You know that, right, know. Jim? That's a full day yeah. of work. Yeah. I it's hope you gnarly. got paid. I did not get paid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, volunteer passion. Yeah. yeah. Volunteer work. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. one day I'll get paid. But um, yeah, this is all volunteer. This is for the love of the game, right? Um, So yeah, it was... Uh, it was an intense game because I'm up during all of that. So uh, uh, nine, let's see, it was eight hours and 52 minutes total um, mm -hmm. with the two and a half hours before and then the game. So well worth it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was definitely like happy to go home and just be alone <laughs> and, and sleep because I, uh, I get a lot of my energy from being alone, alone time, yeah. which is weird. It seems yeah. like. I wouldn't be that way that I would love talking to people, which I do. Um, and I'll never reject a picture. May, if you ask me for a picture during a song, I will be like, you got to wait, you got to wait. Um, and I'll finish my song and then we'll get to the picture. But I love talking to people. But how I get my energy back is being alone yeah. uh, in my single apartment watching boxing from 2004 watching some boxing match where i know what's gonna happen right so yeah I don't yeah have to get stressed. I'm like, i know this dude's gonna win in the 11th round um yep. but i'm also gonna vocally root for him anytime something happens that's good i'm gonna be like yes but um yeah anyway uh it's good to be alone but um yeah so cool to, to uh to get to be a part of uh, those games and that experience, wow. and again, uh, it's I always, you know, it's it's always cool when I get on the jumbotron. But um, I'm always grounded in the fact that even if I'm not, the fact that I'm there, the fact that the ushers are allowing me, the fact that the fans are allowing me to do this is huge honor, and I try to be really respectful of that. Yeah. How far are the Mariners going to make it next season? Oh, I think they're going to go far. 
I think they're going to go far. You have a hot take, um, Jim? What's your hot take? Hot take? I think that they're going to go to the World Series or at least go deep into the ALCS. Um, yep. And I'm absolutely, to, to get back to more of the sporting part of the game I went to, right? Because we talked about the broccoli dancing part sure. of going 18 innings. But I was actually really happy about that game. Even though they lost, um, I was pretty thrilled that the bullpen did so well. They had a really oh my rough gosh. time. Yeah. They had a really rough time in Houston. Uh, and just going back to Seattle, seeing... Uh, uh, was it low? I think it was Logan Gilbert went. No, it's George Kirby. George, George Kirby went Kirby, seven, seven innings, lights scoreless out. innings. You know, he's one of our new guys. Um, yep. So to see him go seven innings in uh, uh, playoff baseball, and then to see our bullpen guys um, mm-hmm. really shine, take yeah. us all the way to the 18th, scoreless, I thought was not. I mean, you don't want to yeah. see him go out. You want to see him win the World Series every time. But uh, that was a really nice showcase mm-hmm. of what we were capable of doing in the postseason. And with with a team that hasn't been in 20 years and all these yeah. new guys, uh, I think postseason experience is a premium. And we got two exactly. games worth of it in one. Um, sure did. Yeah. The so wild card I series think, and you get the, yeah, the ALDS yeah. and – Game three. Having our yes. core guys have that experience yeah. going into next year. And and uh, we got swept by the Astros, but we were there the whole time with them. We kept up with them. It wasn't, um, there wasn't, again, blowout situations. Yeah, it wasn't brutal What's or anything. That? It wasn't like blowout yeah. situations or yeah. just like, yeah. We were hanging. We were hanging. We were there. And uh, a boxing is is weirdly my favorite sport. You heard me talk about it before, but um, yeah, there's there's something to be said. I I really like watching those those boxers that take that L, but hang with them the whole time, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, that actually improves their career. There's I, one of my favorite kinds of fights to watch are those those L's where at the end you go that actually helped their career. Like they're yeah. a uh, they're a better fighter after that loss. They know yeah. it and we know it. And maybe they might get a rematch, but they're going to at least get like another chance on HBO or uh, a high profile fight again. And I think the the Mariners um, d- with the Houston Astros, although they got swept, they were supposed to be there. That was yeah, they yeah. didn't yeah. link on in there and just like oh we're the Mariners and we haven't been to the playoff we're just happy to be in the playoffs again they yeah. belonged in the playoffs and that was really cool to see and yeah. that uh, that last game with them was really a showcase of that with, with that eighteen innings where great starting pitching great bullpen work um, yeah I think. Uh, I think we're going to make some really good trades, some really good moves in the off season and um, go from there and have a team full of uh, guys that are, are again, our core guys that are going to kind of been there, done that. And yep, when yeah. they get back into the playoffs, I think they're going to get into the world series or at least go really deep into the ALCS. I'm really excited about that. Um, Cause it's been yeah. since I, I was in seventh grade. I watched the dang, I watched the, uh, if you remember them running around the field with the flag, 
Uh, yeah. I think it was uh, September like 17th or something. 2001 is right after 9-11. They clinched yeah. very early on because they had won 116. So what a um, season. to be, yeah. yeah. To, to be at the playoff game for that. And I was at the Cal rally, um, Cal Raleigh, uh, uh, home run wild card yeah. clinching game. So, yeah. Oh man, just a great full of Mariners magic this season. That's what I wanted to see. So, yeah. I love it. Well, and, and honestly, like you, I feel like you bring a lot of magic to the games that you go to and for the teams that you broccoli dance for. And so like, what is your favorite team to broccoli dance for? I mean, can you even pick one? Because oh, you're at like pretty much everywhere. everywhere. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, I go, I, I, I pride myself on being a, it's kind of like being a substitute teacher. Like my style can work with any grade. My uh, broccoli dancing style can work with uh, any sport. You know, I uh, there was Boston Red Sox fans one uh, uh, near me. This is, I think, last year maybe, um, and uh, I was dancing kind of near him. At first, he was totally weirded out. It's the usual <laughs> progression. Is the first two innings? There's some people that right away they're like, "Yes, this is for me." Um, uh, most people, it takes like one or two innings and then they'll ask about what I'm doing and I'll give them an answer. Like, you know what? This guy knows exactly what his deal is. Um, mm -hmm. and then they'll get into me, but I was asking this, this Red Sox guy, I was like, if I went to Fenway park with this, would it work? And he was like, Oh dude, what you do would work anywhere. And that was mm -hmm. really cool to me. Um, cause the Red Sox is an intense fan base. The Yankees yeah. are an intense fan base. There's yeah. uh, NFL too. The Seahawks. I thought would take me two years to get into the Seahawks kind of with what I do, but, um, it's so cool to see this thing work. Um, I, you know, I think Mariners, maybe it's just getting off the season, but I, I really sure. like dancing for the Mariners. And I think baseball itself, lends itself really well to broccoli dancing just because there's so much uh there's so many lulls in the action where that needs mm -hmm. to take place mm -hmm. um i've had some cool interactions though with baseball players um the and i don't i cannot identify yet who the because they're too far away but when the bullpen, the bullpen will always make their walk out uh into the bullpen from the the dugout uh, into the bullpen, it's kind of a ceremonial thing that yeah. the Mariners do. Um, uh, and whenever they walk out, there's one guy who'll always do this towards me, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then there's two guys, and they'll always, they've done this four or five games now, they'll motion for me to eat the broccoli. They'll be like, <laughs> and uh, I'll do that for them. But it's it's these like really cool connections wow, I mean, that's so fun. with the players themselves that I think is um, – and I think baseball, especially because there's so many games. There's, mm, there's a lot of games. games. So so that really like um, helps me form those connections, that, that amount of time. And mm -hmm. um, I got invited down during the Toronto game too. That's the wild card. With yes, the you were. Whole other thing we could talk about. Yes, you but were. I got invited down to the dugout, uh, the visiting team dugout uh, during the watch party at T-Mobile Park. So I got to wow. watch the whole game from the dugout, and um, 
I like, I remember looking up at the left field bleachers and I was like, oh, like these players can definitely see me up there. Like I'm pretty <laughs> close. Like I'm not wow. just some lip bloop off the side, like mm-hmm. waving green around. Like if they want to look up, they can see me. So that was really cool um, to cool. notice. Yeah. Um, and I just think the energy I put into baseball, the, the day in, the day out, I have a lot of respect for those players um, mm-hmm. from doing that. And I only went to 30 games last year. Yeah. I mean, there's 162. 30 is a lot of games, by the way. 30 yeah. is a lot of games. Yeah. I get down on myself because that's not that many compared to the the long uh, term of it all with these baseball But you're players, also but... fitting in games for other teams as yep, the yep. season's going. So yep. I think that's an important thing to note, right? Like yep. you got to spread the yep. love and you definitely do. And there's um, no off season for me. Yeah. That's, there, um... Well, and that's the beautiful thing about Seattle sports. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. I was, Kate and I were talking about this. I other know, we're day. trying to figure that out. There's always a Seattle sports team in season. Yeah. The Sounders, the OL Rain, the Storm, mm-hmm. the Sea Wolves, the Seahawks, yeah, yeah. the Kraken, the Mariner. Like, there's so always somebody. somebody if they're not overlapping. You know, it's just, and I love that. We love that. We love Seattle sports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, here's we're digging another, around. Can I just give this other team a quick shout out to? Yeah. The Thunderbirds, Seattle Thunderbirds. Love mm. dancing for them. They're minor league. Uh, they're WHL really fun um yeah and i love i it's funny some people accuse me like oh you only broccoli guy only does like major i'm like no i love minor league teams are you kidding minor leagues is a really good vibe for broccoli dancing it's it's a little weirder down there um yeah because you're 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 not you're you're the minor league right so you gotta you gotta come up with some other parts to your marketing to make it all work so Um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly say, like, love minor league teams, the Bellingham Bells. I'm going to go to a bunch of, uh, Rainier's games again next year. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, there's, there's so much, if, if there's not a major league game to go to support the minor leagues, they're great. It's super fun, super chill time. So love broccoli dancing you know usually for the minor leagues I'll, I'll switch up vegetables too it's like oh he's dancing with romaine lettuce tonight okay what? oh my gosh um, I need so to yeah anyway <laughs> Kate and I Sorry, just our wanted to like, give that little shout out too yeah our first time that we ever hung out we were at the Rainier's mm-hmm. the Rainier's Cougar Night game because I had an extra ticket for my stepmom and I were going for Cougar Night at the Rainier's yeah and my stepmom was like hey I have a couple friends can I invite them? Do you have those extra tickets? Did you give them away? And I was like, well, I have extra tickets. So Kate came along with another friend, and that's the first time we ever like interacted. Really, that's true. Oh. So fun fact: baseball Rainier is a baseball is part of our. Uh, I should have known. I'd have to learn sports when that's how I met her. Was it sports? <laughs> I also worked for the Rainier. <laughs> yeah, Love I actually it. I worked for the Rainiers and their their ticket sales there for a little bit. So cool. Fun fact: I was uh, working nice. two two jobs, going from the school street to uh, Cheney Stadium and wow. selling tickets for the games <laughs> at night on weekdays and on weekends. So yeah, working That's those intense. two jobs before I met Kate, and then I met Kate, and I didn't have time for that anymore. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we That's do funny. have good for you, Kate. 
Good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, Jim, we do have one more question for you, and this isn't from us. Yeah. This is this is from our mailbag segment. We're mm-hmm. pulling that letter from our mailbag into okay. this segment because it's actually for you. It's not yeah, for us. Not for us. We cannot answer this question no. in <laughs> any sort of way that merits any sort of like anything. <laughs> yeah. There's no valid answer from us. Okay, you ready for this? This is from Posting with Culture on mm-hmm. Twitter. Which grocery store has consistently provided the best broccoli for dancing? <laughs> okay, this is good. Um, so sometimes it is hit and miss. Like you can go to two or three places and it's just like the florets are just a little smaller. The crowns, the florets are a little small. Mm-hmm. Um, you want really good, you want big florets, right? So that's a good question. You want to look for, um, not just big, sometimes they're so big, you just can't hold them, which is one of the reasons people always ask me why cauliflower, why don't you do cauliflower? They don't have any oh, yeah, handles. No, you can't. Yeah. You those can't are pretty big. That. Yeah. 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 Those are big too, but you, you want florets with where you can either hold them like this. Or you can kind of like interweave your fingers yeah. through mm-hmm. like some of the knots mm-hmm. and kind of. So um, normally I go to Fred Meyer because it's right on my way out of town. And usually I don't have a problem finding really big uh, crowns and florets. Nice. Uh, I try to also support local fruit slash vegetable slash produce stands. So I want to give a shout out to Storino Farms and Mm. to Valley Farms, which are two produce stands in, I live in Puyallup, Washington. So um, they're just in my area. Heck yes. Yeah, I teach in the school district there. But there's um, the old owner, he doesn't own it anymore, but uh, there was a guy who used to own it. And whenever I would come in to buy broccoli, he would always... He'd be like, wait, just one second. And he would go into the back and bring out the The big stuff. stuff. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was so validating, right? He would have the, um, he would have, usually his normal stock would be like smaller, more more, um, Mm -hmm. easily digestible, literally and figuratively easily digestible broccoli. Um, so he would go to the back and get the, the really big crowns and come back out and let me choose between some of those. And I was like, Oh, I feel so cool right now doing it's this. Like, it's like, yeah. What? Yeah. I would just, it's like you walk in and he's like, this guy, this guy needs yeah. to get stuff. Hang on just a second. Goes back and brings yeah. it. Okay. This is, this is from the back room just for you, you know? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was so cool when he did that the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, I just, I felt so Mm -hmm. famous. Like, oh, broccoli (laughs) guys here. We got to make sure that he is covered, that his broccoli looks good on whatever the heck he gets on tonight. (laughs) Yeah, because if somebody asks a mailbag question about where do you get your broccoli, they want to make sure you're not, you know, trash talking their broccoli. So a Fred Meyer and Puyallup. Fred Meyer and Puyallup at this point. Yeah. Cool. Um, and one I remember one time I was going in, I try to wear just my normal stuff. I'll put on like a like basketball players have their warm-up stuff. I'll yeah. usually like put on some sweatpants and stuff to to more blend in. Um, because mm-hmm. it's intense. 
Uh, I do wear my romper from time to time, like out in normal life, but uh, usually I like to keep it a little bit more toned down. Um, and I remember one time I was going in with my sweats and stuff, and there was a couple that like saw me pass. I'm like, is that, is that, that's, I think I had my broccoli in hand too. I was like in sweats with a bag of broccoli. And like, is that, that, I think that's broccoli guy. I think that's broccoli guy. <laughs> Um, so that was cool, but, um, yeah, Fred Meyer, uh, and Storino Farms, Valley Farms, um, but Fred Meyer's just right on my way out. I like mm -hmm. to get my broccoli the game of, mm -hmm. and I used to save it. I used to like bring it out for two or three games. There's some broccoli still in my fridge that, uh, it went five and two right and part of wow. that five and two stretch was they clinched the wild card but do you remember that really bad road stretch before they finally came back mm -hmm. um and i brought that broccoli and it went five and two and that was like so that's still in my fridge it's terrible i mean it just smells awful now i haven't been able <laughs> yeah, to get you, rid of you it probably take care of that jim yeah <laughs> but we understand I said, you we understand, you. but you should probably definitely check in on that and make sure that it's like in some nice secured bag that won't make your fridge smell like whatever. I want, I want a epoxy resin it almost, but mm. we'll see what happens. I might, there's a, there's a little patch of ground outside my apartment where like, if it's just the broccoli's too far gone, then I will put it out there and it'll decompose back into oh, the smart. soil there's part of my outdoor education background like i want to keep everything as much in a circle as possible i don't want to have any waste so it's it's uh that's another reason i i like what i do so much it's, it's so all fun. natural <laughs> yeah so so fun well you know jim we just want to say thank you for joining us for yeah. the pacific northwest showdown episode oh. five of season two yep we have loved getting to know you and supporting so you and seeing you at the games that we've been at. You were always a bright spot at all of these sporting events. Yes. And uh, we just hope that you continue to show up and to be amazingly awesome and sparkly and, yes. you know, just lift the spirits of the people around you. So thank you for what you do. Yes. And thank you for being on the episode today. Thank you. I appreciate It's such an honor. This is, one of those podcasts that right when I saw it existed, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool if I got on. So it's such an honor to, to be on. And and especially with the relationship I have with you two, I I, I really yeah. enjoy seeing you at games and hanging out. So, um, yeah, really cool to finally get on. And, and this has just been great. And this is just the beginning. It might not be the only time you come on. So just know that now you're on the hook. Now we'll you're on you the hook. Whenever you need. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, and you got to see my shirt. I have a broccoli. Oh yeah, you do. Oh, I actually go by both. There was um, you know, on oh my gosh, I'm I will stop talking soon, I promise, but really quick, there was <laughs> I got on an Apple TV broadcast when when oh, the yeah, Mariners yeah. were on Apple TV one game, but they randomly like panned up to me and one of them was like, Broccoli man. Um, and a bunch of people on Twitter was like it's broccoli guy. And I'm like, it's actually both whatever yeah, works. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Got my broccoli man shirt. 
So, so cool. Good. So cool to love get to it. do what I do. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we well, love it. Yeah, we do. Well, thank you again, Jim. Thank and uh, we will be seeing you around at all these sporting events coming up. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> You've got mail. Welcome to the mailbag segment. And today I'm going to be pulling out the letters from my bag that are, you know, it's all invisible and pretend, but you are going to go along with me on this because it's fun. So anyway, my first letter out of the mailbag, wouldn't it be cool if people actually mailed letters? I'm yeah, we would have to come up with a PO box so people could actually mail us letters. Actually, the other thing we'd have to like, we'd have to like, some stuff is time sensitive, you know, and mail takes a while to get here and stuff. So I would love letters. It could be kind of interesting. Maybe we'll have to look into something like fan letters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could be fan. that implies we have fans. Maybe. Maybe hey, if you you're listening, know. then you're somewhat of a fan at this point. You can call yourself a Pacific Northwest we'll showdown for podcast it. fan. That's right. Maybe we can have some sort of catchy name for them. Anyway, we'll figure oh, it out. Uh, like showdown yeah okay we're gonna have some things we're gonna come up with some things cool um (laughs) my gosh okay so coming out of the mailbag first again this week is a question from mike mccarty and mike asks what was your favorite part of your recent trip to the cracking game the answer cannot include matching shoes kate all right i will not i will not have the matching shoes be my favorite answer but it was fun it was fun to see um Alicia Crank there with the same shoes I had on. And it. shout out to Jewel Lloyd because those shoes are Jewel Lloyd's. Yeah, they're Jewel Lloyd's shoes. So, well, they're Kyrie Irving's shoes too, but, you know, you know partnership. There you go. Kyrie Irving, low fives. So, you asked what the favorite part of the recent Kraken game was. And yeah. for me, yeah. And oh my God, I'm starting to fall in love with this mascot. Mm-hmm. I was, I was not a fan initially. I straight up, said, she was really upset about it to start with. But, the Honest. personality he buoy buoy came it. up to our section because yeah. apparently you can reserve like a seat visit where you can like you can book a seat visit so buoy will come and find you in your seat and like with a sign with a sign and like give you a hug or harass you or take a selfie or whatever but this the personality of buoy is kind of like it's a legit a troll like you think about mm-hmm. somebody that trolls you and somebody that's just like kind of got that personality so funny and we watched people were trying to get Bowie's attention and Bowie turns and looks at one, one fan and just stares and doesn't move just like, like it's a like statue. Just eyes. And it was like, just that like uncomfortable just because it was a, just a little bit too long. Just that extra beat. The, just that extra beat that mm-hmm. was intentional. Yep. And then what does Bowie do? And then Bowie uh, mimicked as if he was, it's a family show, so passing gas and passing some gas, and then reached his hand around, appeared to grab said gas, and then threw it towards the people <laughs> that he was staring down. And then he put his fingers up to his nose, like he knew it smelled bad. Yep. And it was, it was really funny. And we actually got on our video. It was on our Instagram stories from yes, it was from that night. And so if you caught that, it was so funny. So I'm going to say that was the reason I say that that was my favorite part is number one, you just got to see the personality. You get to see Bowie up close and personal, but that game unfortunately ended in a loss five to two. Yeah. And the people that were sitting around us Mm -hmm. in the nicest way possible on one side of us, on one side of us, the other side was, they were fine. You know, it just wasn't, 
it wasn't the best fandom experience mm-hmm. that yeah. I could have had. So being a little distracted by that, mm-hmm. of course, not necessarily finding, you know, as much success on the ice as we were hoping for them to have. Yeah. Bowie was the highlight. You know, and while I agree with you about Bowie, because I I was excited to try to just see Bowie in person anyway, because I, you know, me and mascots, but one of the things I really liked was this was our first time for hockey sitting up in like the upper two hundreds. Like we were like in the back, you know, and I loved that from that spot, I could still hear all the sounds of hockey that I've really come to enjoy about live hockey is like hearing the puck. Like you could still hear it. like slide on the ice. You could yep. still hear it hit the, like the sticks hitting it, hitting the walls, hitting the glass, like hitting the and acoustics are beautiful. It was just like, it was it was so cool because I was kind of worried we weren't going to get that kind of sound way up there, um, which is part of why I like going to hockey in, in real life. And so I was really happy that that was still there because it's a great experience, I, I think. So um, so thanks, Mike, for asking. Um, let's go over to Rick Judd. And Rick says, what do you consider the most underrated aspect of Seattle sports? What do you think, Michaela? I'm going to say that people don't appreciate how much winning happens in Seattle sports overall across all the leagues. Yeah. Championship caliber teams. Yeah. The Seawolves, the Storm, the OL Reign, the Sounders, Mm -hmm. the Seahawks. Like we are championship caliber teams. Men's sports, women's sports, people are showing out. I want to also give credit to the fans in Seattle. Yeah. Because the fans show up. The WNBA, the Seattle Storm, had the highest attendance for WNBA basketball consistently. Yeah. And so to say that, like, same thing thing with the OL Reign, they keep breaking their records over their max attendance at Lumen Field. Yeah. And that's been a consistent thing that's been happening for them. So... Shout out to the fans, the fans here in Seattle. I agree. Probably underrated compared to some other cities that might get a lot more love. I know that the 12s get a lot of love. Yeah. But in terms of like Seattle fans showing up for all the things. Yeah. Consistently seeing people in our community that they're like, oh, are you going to this game? And it's like, yeah, I'll be at the storm game or yeah, I'll be at that OL rain game. Mm-hmm. Mariners, the Seawolves. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is underrated in Seattle sports? Um, I mean, that was a, your answer was really good. So I think I should just like say me too. Um, but yeah, I think the fans, I don't know if it's so much that the, for me, I don't know if it's so much that the fans are underrated overall, but I think if you're not a sports person, like I wasn't a sports person right before you and I got together and I had to start getting into sports so I could hang out with you more. Um, but if I wasn't a sports person, I don't think you realize how much the fans make the experience and make the game. Mm -hmm. Like when you go to these games and you see everybody is like invested and into it and like people are standing up, people are cheering, people are supporting people or whatever. And then if you go somewhere else and you go to a game. And you're like, this isn't how Seattle does sports. Like, this isn't what Kate will often make note because she's very detail oriented of those kinds of differences. Like, 
these fans here at like in a way stadium, like if you, you know, watching a game, like they're not even standing for this. Like we all would have been standing for the last like yeah. 10 minutes in this circumstance if it was in Seattle. So I like that you brought that up. And I think that it's not, yeah, it's not so much that the, the fans are underrated. I mean, maybe that's the same thing, but for me, it's more like until you are going to sporting events, like in person, especially for Seattle sports, like, like Pacific Northwest sports, I just don't think you can understand like and appreciate just that, what that experience is like. And so I don't know. So that's, that's my take. Um, I hope that was a good enough answer for Rick Judd. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Rick Judd's a nice guy. It would work out. We have one more question um, from Nick with a K in the beginning and a K at the end. And Nick says, who are your top three quarterback prospects you'd like to see be the Seahawks next QB? And if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know, I'm going to say, Michaela, you take this one because I have no idea. Cool. <laughs> so Nick, what I'm going to say first and foremost, I need to put this on record with how Geno Smith is playing right now. I am fully backing him as our quarterback consistently, even into next season. Mm -hmm. That is not something I probably would have said at the beginning of the season. Yeah, actually, I know it's not a probably I wouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. But the what the way he's playing with the way he's calm under center, he is he, he he's a leader and his players trust him and they respect yeah. him. And that's the kind of person that you want mm -hmm. in that locker room. Mm -hmm. um, so I need to just say that first and foremost, that. Right now, I think that there are higher needs than drafting a quarterback in the first round as long as Geno continues to be consistent this sure, way through the sure. season. Yeah. I'm saying that right now. This is the end of week six. As of right now, mm -hmm. I would prefer that the Seahawks select a linebacker and or an edge rusher, somebody mm -hmm. on the line on defense to establish that area of our yeah. defense. Yeah. But to answer your question, let's say, cool, Seattle wants to stick with Geno. They extend them. They have a contract. But who knows what happens in the next few years. You want to draft a young guy who has a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent in the yeah. quarterback room for this draft class. Let's select him. Let's develop him. My top three, and it's going to be kind of cliche because this is kind of where everybody's at right now anyways. So... It would be Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and well, uh, Will Levis mm -hmm. from Kentucky. So yeah. mm -hmm. I don't think that they're going to be on the board long, which means that, again, depending on how the season goes, the yeah. Seahawks are either going to have to kind of play their cards, interestingly, because they will have two first-round picks. They'll have yeah. their own. They'll have the Broncos, at least how it stands right now, with what they hold. Yeah. So... The worse off that the Broncos do, the higher that pick ends up being for us. And of course, based off our own record. Oh, that's right. That's where we that. stand. So if somehow, and again, the quarterback, the quarterbacks in this draft go a lot deeper than just three, than these three. Oh, Meaning sure. that sure. there could be guys that fall to the second round that could have just as much talent mm -hmm. that might not be these like top three top tier quote guys that are being highlighted right now, mm -hmm. but there's plenty of talent to say we can develop this guy. Yeah. We can have them kind of back here in the background 
under Geno Smith. If anything goes wrong or anything goes awry or we can't get him for a good, you know, think about cap space and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Those would be the three guys. If they fall, select him. If not, wait until the second or third round and find maybe a different guy that still has a decent enough amount of Mm -hmm. talent and an arm Mm -hmm. that you can develop. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, thanks, Michaela, for handling that because I would not have been able to. So hopefully that answers your question, Nick. Thank you to everybody who sent in mailbag questions today. We always appreciate getting those. And um, yeah, this leads us to the end of uh, season two, episode five of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. We want to give an extra special thank you to Jim. Thank you so much. Broccoli guy. Love it such a good friend somebody that's always fun to talk to such a positive person to be around honestly just one of the actual nicest human beings you could ever meet you could literally ever meet like throughout all of time and history and future one of the literal nicest people you'd ever meet yep so on that note it's important to take care of ourselves so i want you to remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time my god Kate i almost forgot how to do the jangle i was like the the jangle i, I like pointed I, at her I like we gotta the, do this I and then she the like jangle. stared at me and then i was just like i was like mm. oh that's right we're doing that part with me having to jingle along <sighs> michaela we're in the marvel moment now so we can just do whatever we want it's within the, reason within reason it's the end of the show and some people stick around so we have to give them something good if they're going to listen this long. What do you got? What do you think a mom joke would sound like? Instead of a dad joke, what would a mom joke be? Well, it would probably be correct all the time. You know, I think <laughs> it would sound something like this. Hey, could you please go fold your laundry? Would you be able to do the dishes? No, just me? Oh, cool. Like, it's a joke because like, and again, it's not a really that funny if I have to explain it, but that's fine. It's funny because imagine your mom asking you to do those things and you're like, no. Oh, yeah, no. You don't, you don't say no to a mom. Maybe you do. People do. I don't think I ever said no to my mom. 
I mean, I probably did. I, I don't know, mom. I'm like, if you're listening, there's definitely an age where I said no all the time to my mom. That's and true. then I learned better. And then, like, you know, you get a little older and you realize that's not going to work anymore. Yeah. I don't know. What do you have for us today, Kate? Well, um, today I have a fun fact. And so do you remember, I don't know if this was a thing when you were a kid. When I was a kid, the, you know, Fisher Price had like really great little kid toys for like toddlers and stuff. There's like oh, the, yeah, the telephone. Castle. Well, okay. We're going back like. I'm talking about the castle. You're going like with little those, people. No. No. It was not little pe people. It was like these, these soldiers and yeah. they were blue and red. And those were like going against each other. And it was this like Fisher Price what? like plastic castle that had this like moat and this gate that would like you could draw bridge yeah that thing yeah the gate well i mean it's a it's like a door it's a but it turns bridge. into a bridge that's actually what i was looking for yeah i got you i'm not the best with my words okay so wait what do you mean knights like knights in shining armor no i mean I, I understand but like what did they look like they were plastic were they like cylinders with like heads no they were like look like legit like molded oh plastic okay all right. Maybe well, some were gold. I don't know. Maybe there's like multiple sets of colors. I want to say maybe there's blue, gold, black, and red. That's a whole fleet. That's, knights don't come a in a fleet. Knights, that's ships. I don't know what knights come in. They come in armor. Whatever. <laughs> armor. There you go. They're in armor. Okay. So, but Fisher Price makes really good toys for little kids. There's a little telephone that you drag. We pick it up and it's yeah. got the eyes and stuff like that. And then there's the corn popper. Where it's not yep. actually corn, but it's like the dome. Yes. And the, the handle. Pusher. And you and the move wheels. it and the little thing inside pushes the little yeah. balls inside. Well, that corn popper has now turned 62 years old. Hey, if somebody made a toy that they're earning money off of still probably just as much as they did 62 years ago. I number mean, one, their family's probably grateful. But number two. The Fisher Price family, I'm sure. The Fisher Price family, sure that's the right. the Fisher yeah, Price yeah. family. Never is, mind. Uh, is doing fine out there, <laughs> but but it's sixty two, and it's like all these things we keep coming across. Like the other day, if you're if you're on Twitter, you probably heard that Eminem turned fifty, and that Michaela had feelings about that. I had like an actual breakdown. I go, like I'm it was trying. about it was around the time for us to get ready for bed, and I go, no, nope, mm -mm, no, <laughs> nope, he's not fifty. You didn't say that. Nope, I'm just gonna go brush my teeth. Nope. Mm -mm. And then I, here I am, like, you know, starting to do my own little, like, rap. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved the song Lose Yourself. Yeah. And you can still love it. And it's okay that he's 50. If you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. And now I'm 50? Oh, my God. I mean. What did you, what did you <laughs> seize? What was the opportunity to be a freaking awesome superstar of a rapper? There you go just turned 50 it's true i had a poster of eminem dr dre and 50 cent all three of them in one poster in my room and then i had yeah. their own individual posters it was like there's just eminem with his like gray hoodie yeah and his like shorts and like the no top. shirt oh no shirt and then okay 50 cent had his bullet bulletproof vest on which you know he would have needed dr dre and then i had one of them of all three of them in the same poster it's, I mean, well, Dr. Dre is the one that kind of found all of them. So it makes sense that they'd be together. Right? Mm -hmm. So, wow. 
Fun facts. Fun facts. And uh, the longest Marvel moment you've ever received. I think it is actually. Yeah. A whole five minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. Well, let's give you your lives back. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. We really appreciate it so much. And uh, we will see you next time on the Pacific Northwest Showdown. <laughs>